Welcome to Booz Allen Hamilton's Unstoppable Together podcast, a series of stories that unite us and empower each of us to change the world. I'm Jenny Brooks with Booz Allen Hamilton, and I'm passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Please join me in conversation with a diverse group of thought leaders to explore what makes them and all of us unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstoppable Together podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Brooks, and our inspiring guest today is Beverly Garner. Beverly is a Booz Allen lead associate who works for our Navy Marine Corps team. She's a United States Army Reserve officer, and she's also a board member of Booz Allen's Latin American Network. Beverly, welcome to the podcast. Jenny, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here, and I look forward to this important conversation. Thanks for joining us, Beverly. We are celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month, and so as part of that, we want to take the opportunity to learn more about Hispanic and Latino cultures. One of the things that I've watched Booz Allen's Latin American Network discuss over the years is this idea of Hispanic and Latino cultures being more about the collective over the individualistic view. This looks perhaps like putting a lot of focus on your family and your community, And some might say that the individualistic view is perhaps more of an American culture versus a Hispanic or Latino culture. How has that played out in your own life and your own experiences? Absolutely. Excellent question. First, to set the stage, um, I was adopted. So I'm originally from Guatemala. I was born there and came with my brother to the United States when I was about two years old. And then most recently, in March of 2022, my biological mom and my sister and my niece all immigrated to the United States. Um, So getting to relearn what that culture, that Latino part of my my heritage looked like over the last couple of years, um, really the big themes that come out as being the older sister. And that means the, not necessarily a matriarch, but somebody that is consistently relied on on the family whenever there's a crisis. Um, a lot of my siblings will come running to me like, Beverly, hey, come come help fix this. Or, hey, we need support with something else going on, um, any kind of issues going on in the family. So for me specifically, it's just been that sole support for my family because a lot of times they don't know how to navigate or kind of where to go. Do you feel like that experience was reconnecting to culture or was it about sort of learning anew? Definitely reconnecting, which is really funny in some ways because I thought it was going to be the latter, like you said, but even just simple things like having a meal and my, my mom and my sister cooked a meal for us and remembering like, oh yeah, like this is what, like I knew like deep inside, I knew what this tasted like, this felt like home kind of probably similar to people when they're older and like, oh, this is the thing that my mom used to make for me. And this is something that feels homey. I felt that with the things that I was getting to eat and getting to read like, oh man, this is a part of me that I get to open up and experience again that I didn't necessarily know that I was missing. Yeah. And when we think about culture, perhaps we think about tradition (laughs) and to your point, food, roles and responsibilities within the family or community. So what have you found as you have been sort of restoring or going back to that culture? What's that like? Well, so for example, my mom, oh my gosh, she's so brave, is legally blind, um, doesn't speak English. So coming in to San Diego, trying to navigate 
even just like doctor's appointments and things like that, like having to translate for her, helping her understand the decisions that she's making with her own medical care and really having to like be in those one-on-one conversations. I was definitely not expecting to be thrown into that, but just being willing to to do that for her and support her through that. And then as well, when it comes to um, my other siblings here in the United States, a lot of times, you know, I, I said back to that individualistic, right? Like being like, oh, like handle it. Like some, you're going to have to do it Beverly. Like I just, I can't handle that. Like I just can't take on that additional effort to do it or take care of it. So then a lot of times like, okay, well, somebody has to in our family. So I'm going to go ahead and take care of it. Yeah. Now you're starting to hit on something that two things, you know, that I think a lot of people can relate to, particularly as we are coming through the pandemic where we saw that caregiver role, perhaps even even more pronounced in different ways, right? As people were living, working, schooling, everything from home together. But also when we talk about the role that family plays in Hispanic and Latino cultures in particular, there's research that looks at what's dubbed the sandwich generation, right? So if people aren't familiar with that, the sandwich generation is when one generation is taking care of older parents or in-laws, as well as their younger dependent children. And the research shows that up to maybe 22% of sandwich caregivers are Hispanic or Latino. That's nearly a quarter, which is huge, right? As a member of this sandwich generation, tell us a little bit more about what that experience has been like for you. Oh my goodness. Yes, definitely uh, challenging to say the least. Uh, My mom's here in San Diego, but then I have my father who's 86 and he's got dementia and he's in Spokane. And then I do have my three children, two, six, and 12, who, you know, juggling, caregiving, childcare responsibilities, and then also taking care of older parents and, and trying to navigate that has been also very challenging. And not even to mention, you know, my Army Reserve career, <laughs> that. So I think the best thing for me when it comes to managing those things has really been as a type A person, letting go of expectations. And saying like, you know what, this is going to be okay. Like it doesn't have to be perfect as long as everyone's fed and cared for and not say the bare minimum, but, you know, letting go of that. Hey, everything has to be perfect all the time. You know, no, let's just take care of the really important things, the big things, and make sure that those things are being addressed and taken care of. Absolutely. Stay present and in the middle of the mess, right? (laughs) Yes. That's a lot to have on your plate emotionally, physically, professionally, spiritually. And when you think about the corporate culture, perhaps in America, that can reflect and reward more of the individualism that we referenced at the top of our discussion, how have you been able to find that harmony between those two, taking care of yourself, focused on the individual, and then the collective nature of the culture? I think being more intentional with my time and what I'm putting my focus on when it comes to that. And then also being like, I intentionally need to take care of myself too, right? So we can't pour from an empty cup. So trying to carve out time, whatever that looks like it, that week, whatever it can possibly be. And then also really leveraging my support system. So I heavily on my husband, on my in-laws, on my friends, whenever there's a challenge going on, like, hey, look, like, can you guys, 
like cover down on X, Y, and Z so I can kind of focus on something else or even just being like, hey, look, I just need to take an hour break. <laughs> I need to go on a run. I need to decompress. For me, that's just been really crucial just because it is a lot for anybody to kind of take on and handle. Yeah, I think that's so important. You've been very brave in sharing some <laughs> of your story with those listening today, whether people are colleagues or peers of yours or people in leadership roles, whether in industry or in service elsewhere, what would we want them to know? What would our ask of them be in this conversation? For the leaders, I would definitely say have empathy and grace for your team. I think I'm super fortunate that my career manager <laughs> knows me well enough to be like, hey, no, are you like really okay? Like, And I think that goes back to maybe like my military training where I compartmentalize everything. And I'm like, no, it's fine. I got it. Like, I got it. Right. Like, take care of the mission. I got it. Where there's like, no, really, are you okay? And asking and listening and being supportive because that's so important. And that has really allowed me to bring my whole self to work and be like, hey, look, like there's everything, right? Instead of thinking that I need to compartmentalize anything or or not talk about my Latino culture or me in that instance, just it's been really rewarding and having that. So I just ask that, you know, leaders be honest. And then I think for fellow sandwich generation, Latinos are just employees in general is I think the big thing, being able to have those hard and honest conversations with your leadership and then also not being afraid. I think so many times it's like, oh, I don't want to bring them with this challenge because they'll make me look weak or they don't think that I will be able to handle it. Then I won't be able to have a bigger challenge. I think just letting that go and just being honest where you are is super important. And I think your leadership will surprise you with what they have to bring like solutions or opportunities of like, hey, look, like, like we can table this later or work with you. So just letting go of that fear is super, super helpful. Couldn't agree more. And I would mm -hmm. add often in my own experiences, when we have a conversation and someone asks for help, what we find is that we are much stronger together, you know, that we see immediate lift. It's not only helpful just to navigate through the circumstances right in front of us, but over the short to medium term, we see a lot of added gains from it. So I would definitely encourage people who are listening to to be comfortable and confident and having the conversation if you are a, a sandwich generation caregiver and if you are a colleague or a leader to think about there's added benefits that come from the conversation, not just the navigating the specific circumstance. Absolutely. You know, it occurs to me that we're talking about being a caregiver and we're focused on quote unquote the burden, but in my own experience, I had a moment of clarity throughout the pandemic that sort of felt like, oh, that is a role that I play. And, you know, I think there are a lot of silver linings to that role. There's a lot of perseverance and resilience and strength and moments with family, time spent together that otherwise perhaps we wouldn't have if we were in the office or on travel. You know, I think we want to be intentional about reframing the idea of being a caregiver, a member of the sandwich generation. I mean, how beautiful to be able to spend time both with our parents or our grandparents and our children. How do you think about that? Yes, I definitely agree. I think one thing that I definitely forget about, too, 
And I had a moment where someone just met like this is being in the army reserve, like in June and we were doing a drill and they came up to me and they were like, it's so great to see you a Latino officer, like just like me and somebody I can like aspire to because in that day to day, it's so hard to see that. It's so hard to be like, Oh yeah. Like I can inspire the next generation of people. They have somebody that looks like them doing the same things. So yeah, it definitely is. You were talking about your mom and she's legally blind and now she's navigating this country and navigating, you know, what is inherently an already complex situation with medical appointments and language. As you observe your mother and you're accompanying your mother through that experience, do you mind sharing with us a little bit about what are you learning from her in this moment? Oh my goodness, right? So much strength. I can imagine coming to a new country with a language I don't know, doing it really out of love. She hadn't seen myself or my brother in 35 years. And that was the last thing she kept saying. She's like, I just want to see my kids one more time in my life. That's all she wanted was to, to see us again. So just being able to move through that, move through the process and just not give up and have just this profound hope she's gone through so much in her life, the strength that she has and the grace and the gratitude has been really inspirational and getting to share that with my children and getting to show them like, look, like this is what resilience really is. And now I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) So was this the first time you've seen her as well in all those years? Yes, yes. My husband actually found her. It was kind of scary. It was pre-COVID. I think it's like seven years now. But he's like, no, I I found your biological family in Guatemala. Like, I found them. And I was like, what? I was like so shocked. And I actually got to talk to one of my sister's. Because he said he found them and that they wanted to talk to me immediately. So he couldn't really hold them off any longer. (laughs) And he's like trying to use Google Translate because he doesn't speak Spanish, um, trying to communicate with them. Then COVID happened. So we obviously couldn't go down there to go meet because I really wanted to go back during that time. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. But then she came here. So look at all this. Wow. Yeah. What a story. Thank you for sharing that with us, Beverly. That's the inspiring story of today (laughs) for sure. Beverly, at the end of every podcast, we give our guests some free space to share their final thoughts. What would you like to leave with our audience today thinking about the Hispanic or Latino culture in the sandwich generation? One thing I hope anybody gets from this conversation is that we can be a lot of things all at once. So we can be that caregiver. We can be that successful leader at Booz Allen. We can be that great mom. We can be all those things. And We don't necessarily have to shy away from that. So I hope everyone feels comfortable and confident in moving forward in them and just bringing all themselves to work. Thanks, Beverly. Jenny, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Visit careers.boozallen.com to learn how you can be unstoppable with Booz Allen. Be the future. Work with us. The world can't wait.